Well, I was going to say it's great to see you, but uh, you, can, you can see me, but I can't see you. But the fact is God is in your house. God is wherever you are, and he can engage with you right now. And I was really excited when um, Tim asked me last year what I, what I preach. And um, the amazing thing was as soon as he asked me, I felt God give me a word to bring. And um, I never realised that I'd be preaching albeit online, but for the first Sunday of the year. And so what I've got to bring um, will encourage you into 22. And uh, before I do that, let's just pray right now that God will help me and he'll help you to listen and uh, to engage. Lord, I want to thank you that you're available to us right now and you're available to me and I just pray Holy Spirit, that you would help me to represent you well, to represent Father, Son, and Holy Spirit well today. And I pray for clarity, and I pray wherever people are, whether in a car, whether they're listening to this today, or during the week, or in a month's time, Lord, that you would speak powerfully into their life, and that by the end of this service, you will have flooded us with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So 9th of January, uh, 22, I wonder whether you're a New Year's resolution sort of person. Um, The sad news is that a study of over 800 million activities related to New Year's resolutions reveals that over 50% of them will be abandoned in 10 days time. 19th of January, most of them are gone. In fact, 80% will be gone by the month of February. Recognising these facts, I read some clearly tongue-in-cheek resolutions made this year, which made me smile. These included go vegan for six months and inevitably give up after a week, or sign up for a marathon knowing that I will never actually run it. Remember to make overnight oats the night before, even though I know I won't want to eat them in the morning. Do so much yoga that it actually justifies wearing yoga pants 24-7. Stop making lists that include making more lists. I like that. Unfriend every person who shares those unsolicited diet or exercise programs or tips to lose weight. Just get rid of them from your life. Stop Googling symptoms. There's a good one for some of you. Just stop that. Stop Googling symptoms. And finally, for the men out there who have a dog, give up blaming the family dog for every strange smell in the house, especially when you know it actually came from you. Do you know Christians often make New Year's resolutions as well about their faith, wanting to push on, which is great. You know, maybe they're, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. every day and read my Bible. I'm going to read the Bible in one year, including every, even the Old Testament, even Lamentations, stuff like that. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to be nicer maybe to someone who I don't really like. Well, whilst doing those things have some merit, you'll be probably pleased to know that I'm not really interested in what you can do in 22. I'm, that's not my focus this morning, today, or whether you're hearing it in a few months, I'm not interested in what you can do. I'm actually interested in what God wants to do for you in 22. And that's really the title 
of this uh, message or this talk today is what does God want to do for you in 22? And I'm just going to touch on three things that Jesus said. Really, they're three promises. It's a very simple message, but if you engage with it and if you do it, and if you position, your, position yourself, you'll see the same word in these three verses. It's just about positioning yourself, then actually your life could be transformed this year. And actually, I'm hoping the life of the church as well, because corporately, when you get a hold of what I'm sharing, it changes a church and it will affect the community that we're working into. So I'm going to get straight into it. First promise, John 7, 38, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let me say, if anyone, anyone, this applies to you, wherever you, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And for anyone who believes, rivers of living water will flow from him or her. Rivers of living water. First thing God wants to give you in 22 is rivers. God wants to give you rivers. Rivers of living water. What do they look like? What do rivers of living water look like? Well, primarily they are the wonder of the person of the Holy Spirit cascading into your life and flowing out of your life. That's primarily what Jesus is referring to. If you are someone who has a relationship with Jesus, then your life can be full of rivers that bring life to people. It's not to do with personality. It does not mean that you'll be a raving extrovert who is always on a super spiritual high. It means that the person of the Holy Spirit will be so filling your life daily that when you walk into a room, the presence will affect that room. Do you know that God has the power to change everything? One word, one touch, one glance from God can move a universe. If you were to draw a very little circle on the ground and compare that with the mass of the whole earth, that would be like comparing the earth to the magnitude of the known universe. It's massive and God made it. You know, men are very proud and they think they've got it sus, but it's like when you read the book of Job and God says, were you there when I laid the foundations of the universe? I mean, people think, oh, I've got it sus. Were you there when I did it? And of course the answer is no. God's not small. He's an awesome, wonderful one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And I suppose I want you to grasp today that, you know, it is a massive privilege that we have for him to be coming into our lives. Having God filling your life is an amazing thing. And all you have to do is come and have faith. The Bible says it's not a one-off. You're just receiving the Holy Spirit isn't a one-off. It says be being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I can't do without the Holy Spirit. I just can't do it. If you read the Old Testament, you'll note that just very occasionally the Holy Spirit came on individuals and enabled them to do amazing things, just occasionally, like Samson or Gideon or Joshua. 
But you know, believers have longed for more of him, more of his activity over the ages. And now, women and men, we live in an awesome age. You know, Jesus said, better I go and leave you another counsellor, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever. What an amazing statement. Better I go. People say, oh, I love Jesus. I, and say, disciples absolutely love Jesus. I love Jesus. You think, he stands up and says, better I go. Are you kidding? Yeah, because I'm sending another one just like me who will be with you and can be with everyone at every time. I can't do life without the Holy Spirit. I, I just can't. He's the third member of the Trinity who is on the earth who can flood your life. You know, I've done all sorts of jobs over the last six or seven years. It's been a bit of a tough season, but for two years I worked as a caseworker with the most complex teenagers who were in the care of the government. And I remember one day sitting at my desk in Parramatta and hearing a young lad screaming and swearing and throwing stuff and breaking stuff in the foyer and in the entrance to the lift area and I could hear it. My office was on the other side, but I could hear it. And I was thinking, that sounds really violent. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. You know, where are the police? And I'm thinking, I wonder who that is. And then I hear my phone ring <laughs> and it's one of the secretaries and he said, Peter, could you come here? You need to respond, one of your kids is here. And I'm thinking, oh no, I know, I know. I then knew who it was. And I thought, what am I gonna do tonight? You know what I did? I just said, Holy Spirit, come on the scene. Come and fill me. And you know, this genuine fear and some trauma in your own life when you're walking through a door and you don't know what you're gonna hear. But I said, Holy Spirit, just do what you can do. And, and sometimes when I live my life, I literally put my hand out and I'd like say, Holy Spirit, here we go. <laughs> And I don't do that disrespect, I just say, Holy Spirit, you're with me. You know, I walked through that door and the atmosphere changed. And most of all, I was calm. I felt the Holy Spirit with me and I was just calm and I was able to speak words that the Holy Spirit put in my mouth. And the immediate danger was alleviated to staff. Now that's not about my skills or my training. That's about the Holy Spirit. I remember walking back into the office a few hours later when I'd spent time with this young lad and people experienced caseworker, very experienced, said, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you remain so calm. And I know, I don't. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit in me. I wonder whether you ever have trouble loving others? I do. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's an old version of what I learned probably as a kid. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You want to love more? Get filled. Get full of the Holy Spirit. Do you ever feel you lack the fruits of the Holy Spirit? They're not as present in your life as you'd like. You know, peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And what about patience? Anyone need more patience in your life? 
It says in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We've got to let the Holy Spirit fill us. And it's a daily thing. God wants to give you rivers. Do you ever have trouble knowing what to say in situations? I now work as a school counsellor in the southwest of the city in primary schools. And this was a new role for me, even though I've been a social worker. I trained as a social worker many, many years ago. I remember seeing this young lad in year three this year and he's really complex and very different. And I thought, God, I, I don't know how I'm going to help him. How am I going to do something for him? And, and I was just with him and I felt the Holy Spirit just whisper into my ear, different is good. Different is good. So I, I said to this young lad, we'll call him Jack, I said, do you ever feel different from other kids? And he goes, yeah. I said, I just want you to know that different is good. Different is good. Do you know, in that moment, a transaction took place. Something happened in the spirit, you know, in that moment. Do you know from that time on, that young lad in every session we had reminded me that different is good. <laughs> The last session I ever had with him last year, and I'm not sure whether he's moving on to another school, we're not sure yet, he said, different is good. Do you know that that one, three words could change that boy's life forever, could keep him from trauma in the future because something of the Holy Spirit embedded in his life. Something happened in that moment. I need the Holy Spirit he promises to give us the words to speak. And I'm just grabbing a quick sip. Because you're probably drinking tea at home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I long more broadly for the church to have more of the Holy Spirit so we have an impact on society. I long for that. There's been an eras in world history when the church was at the forefront of speaking into critical issues. J.P. Moreland in a great book, Love Your God With All Your Mind, The Role of Reason in the Life of the Soul, said, we have allowed secular thinkers to frame the debate and the Christian voice has been muffled at best. I don't want to hear music stars and shock jock radio commentators with no belief in God and no significant weight or relevance shaping debate. I don't want that. I want to hear the church sharing truth and the heart and mind of God coming through under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. G.K. Cheston said this, once people stop believing in God, the problem is not that they will believe nothing, rather the problem is that they will believe anything. It's not that they'll believe nothing, it's they'll believe anything. You know, just as an aside, which proves the point, take star signs. You know, NASA has proved, as reported in Forbes magazine, this isn't a Christian magazine, Forbes magazine, that there are 13 signs, not 12. 
13 signs, not 12. So I'm no longer a Scorpio, I'm a Libra. This has changed my heart, what am I gonna do? You know, I quote from, from Forbes magazine, the 13th sign of the zodiac is, and is pronounced Orphucus, a summer constellation well known to stargazers, but ignored by traditional astrology. It's real. The sun enters that constellation on November 29 and departs on December 18, a period of the year traditionally thought of as Sagittarius. So while many of us are the star sign before the one we think we are, many Sagittarians are actually the other one, Orphicuses. Look more carefully at the list of real star signs, I'm still quoting, dates, and you'll see that the sun spends a vastly different time within the boundaries of each zodiacal constellation. For example, it's in and out of Scorpio in just a week, while it spends a whopping 45 days in Virgo. So guess what? People are putting their faith in star signs which are not even accurately dated. Even if the sun's presence in a constellation has any relevance to your life, which it does not. It does not. Why don't people go past the, creator, past the sun to the creator of the sun? Past the constellation for the God who flung the stars into space? Where is the sense in that? I love the name, really. They are horror scopes. That's why it's a horror. People are putting their faith in that. I know, you know, a lot of time people put their faith in crystals. You know, pick it out of a book. I think, are you, are you, oh, I was reading Isaiah again recently. If you look at the, uh, the book of Isaiah, in 44, it says, you take a piece of wood, you build a fire with half of it and worship the other half. Are you crazy, the prophet says? You get a piece of wood, you build a fire with it, oh, it gives me warmth, oh, what do I do with the other half? Oh, I worship it. Are you, <laughs> it's nuts, absolute nuts. I believe God will raise up bold advocates of truth in Australia, women and men full of knowledge and reason, who have also got the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what he's going to do. I believe God wants to give us rivers, you know, to all of us. Rivers of living water so that we can speak into friends' lives and full of grace and truth. You know, I know I'm being boldly speaking, but, you know, you don't say to someone, you're an idiot, what are you doing? But full of grace and truth, you know, speaking bad, not harshly, but being prompted by the Holy Spirit. Today online, I'm praying that you get refreshed by the presence of the Holy Spirit that will result in love and laughter and joy pouring out of your life. Take advantage of Jesus' promise. Take advantage of it. Who would not take advantage? You or you and God? <laughs> I'd rather have me and God flooding my life. Every morning I pray it. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Flood my life. I want rivers to come. Just positions, your, positions yourself. That's all you have to do. Just come. Why do it on your own when the God of the universe through the Holy Spirit can fill you in 22? Don't be a stagnant creek. Be a river of life. The Holy Spirit will bring life to others through you. And all you need to do is come and believe. So rivers... God's got that for you in 22.
Number two, what else does God want to give you in 22? Some of you are going to love this. Rest. Rest. Rivers and rest. Jesus wants to give you rest. And Jesus wants us to be examples of rest in a world that's not very restful at the moment. Jesus said this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come, there's that positioning word again. Come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I want to ask you, do you ever lack rest in your life? Do you ever feel weary? Let me be honest with you. I'm a bit over COVID. <laughs> I'm a bit over it. I know personally there have been times when I've lacked rest in my mind and in my heart, even over that one issue. COVID and different responses to it has driven me a bit crazy sometimes. COVID will kill you. No, it won't. It's another voice says, get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. It's not a race for the vaccine. Yes, it is. It's a race. It's a race for the vaccine. I'm fully vaxxed. No, you're not. You'll need booster one, two, three, four, five, six, and whatever. Vaccines have no side effects. That you know family members and people close to you, they've had really bad side effects. They're still struggling with them. We need to lock everyone down. No, we don't. Just let it run until we can get some herd immunity. That's another group that says, I'm off to church. No, you're not. You're not off to church. But I want to sing. Only under your mask. Save your singing for the shower. Do I need a mask? Yes and no. In some places sometimes, in other places other times, rules ever changing. It's exhausting. Mate, I forgot my mask, it's in the car. But I didn't need it yesterday. Today's a new day, mate. You need it today. How many times have you returned to your car for a mask? It's weary. Masks can't do anything. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Weariness wears you out. You get worn down and I feel, I really do feel for church leaders like Tim and Victoria who are trying to manage a church in the midst of it all, you know. I mean, it's like we should pray for them. God, give them, yeah, I know they're online today. Give them strength, Lord. COVID's but one issue. What about the stuff of life? What happens? My own recent personal experience, you gather to celebrate Christmas. There's family members that were there. Uh, in this room, uh, a week before Christmas, storm rips through your suburb. I knew we shouldn't have lived in Cromer. You know, I know you guys don't, don't live in Cromer, you need to live in Manly. But Cromer gets hit by this massive storm. A tree falls on your house, bang, another tree's over the back. You know, you've got sails, sail cloths ripping out, you know. I mean, it's just a, a debris everywhere, fences down. You think, what, it is, what is this, you know? I drove the car last Friday, go out. You know, literally the Friday gone, I back into a Range Rover. I think, God, why a Range Rover? Why didn't it like a Toyota or something else? It's a Range Rover, you know? You spend your half your life talking to insurance companies, talking to neighbours, talking to owners of Range Rovers. I mean, that's my life. That's been my life for the last couple of weeks. That wears you down. What about juggling relationships at work and small children at home? And Husbands who don't do enough at home and jobs that change and, you know, ch stuff that breaks and just when you need it the most and life can make you weary, eh? 
long hours, traffic, you know, disappointments, things that, you know, they're just disappointments, finances that are stretched, children who don't do what you want them to do, situations that drag on. Life can be weary. But Jesus says more. He says you can be heavy laden, not just weary, but heavy laden. What's that look like? Well, some of you online, you know all too well. You, you know what that means. You know, a loved one who's just not getting well. A relationship that you had high hopes for and now it's just come crashing down. A, a life as a carer. A wife who's sick and in constant pain. A person in your life whose mental health is causing massive strain. A, you know, I know a wife who's just been forced to place her husband of 30 years in a nursing home because he has early onset dementia and uh, she had, he's a danger now, you know. I mean, what the pain of that. They're both Christians, you know, you think, God, you know, that's tough. My little COVID dilemmas, all the stuff of life seem pathetic in comparison with those things. But Jesus said, if you're weary or heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Now let me ask you a question. What is the rest of God? What is the rest of God? Now this, that's worthy of a series by a much better preacher than I am, but I just wanna say a couple of things that I feel God sort of impressed on my heart. And this isn't from commentaries, it's just a few thoughts that in prayer I felt God just impressed. Just one thing it isn't and three things it is, okay? One thing it is, one thing it isn't, sorry, and three things it is. So one thing it is, and this is just points, this is not another, you know, this is just some highlights. It isn't understanding about what's going on or why. It's not, it doesn't mean you'll be suddenly be able to work it all out and have all the answers. Chances are you probably won't. It'll actually mean that your situation has not really changed. And if you want proof of that, just read the Psalms. Just read the Psalms and you'll see people in huge lemmas and things didn't always change. But three things it is, okay, just headlines. I believe it's peace, it's hope, and it's partnership. Peace and hope and partnership. The Bible says you will know peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4 verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which is above all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The rest of God brings peace. It's easy to have peace when you have understanding and when things are clear. When things are going great and you know what's going on, that's, not, that's easy. But the peace of God passes understanding. God can give you rest in your mind and heart in the middle of a life that does, does not make sense. Well, how does it come? Well, often through the voice of God and the presence of God. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a boom from heaven. Sometimes it's a dream. Sometimes it's just the knowledge, just the deep knowledge that God is with you. I wonder what Daniel felt when he hit the bottom of the line. There's a story, if some of you know it, when he was cast into the, 
Dan, I, I don't think he stood declaring when he got to the bottom, Lion, in the name of Jesus, I command you to, to not eat me. I think he just, there was, a, there was a reality over time, these dines aren't interested in me. You know, God's looking after me. But that, then there's different scenarios in his life when he gets tossed into a, his mates get tossed into a furnace and it says one like a son of man came and stood among them. You think sometimes God turns up in person Sometimes he just does things that we don't understand, but it brings us peace. I can't explain the totality of peace, and I don't always walk in it. I want to be completely honest with you. But I know it is available every day and in different ways. What about hope? Colossians 1 verse 27 says, 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory in your heart. Now, that's a done deal when you're saved. You have the hope of glory, the hope of eternity. You know, and you know that you know. And if you're not um, someone who is a, a, in a relationship with Jesus, you can know that where you're going at, by the end of this meeting. You can, you can know where you're going because Jesus gives you that assurance. No, I'm, I'm going to heaven. Whatever, is go whatever happens, I know that's where I'm headed. But I believe it applies also to... You know, I hope that God gives us in this life as well. You know, there's a hope of better days that somehow springs up in our hearts. And I believe if you receive more of the Holy Spirit, you have that sense of hope, not only for the next life, but for this one. At the very least, a deep down supernatural inking that you can cope and that it's going to be okay. This is supernatural. It's not the power of positive thinking, okay? It's delivered by the Holy Spirit into your life. And thirdly, partnership. The truth is, the verse I read previously, you can look it up yourself, I encourage you to look it up. It has a context. And Jesus said, basically, you are yoked to me and I will carry your load. A few years ago, I worked on the Northwest Rail Project that's since finished and... Uh, I worked uh, in the track and tunnel team as a labourer and uh, it was a real experience and it was tough work. And, but the, the lucky thing for me was I was working with a bunch of guys who were like machines. They were, and, and most of them had Maori backgrounds or Fijian backgrounds and they were really powerful lads. And when the boss would sometimes give me something to do that I just, I mean, I just physically couldn't lift it and I'd say, hey, Hey guys, uh, you know, I need a, can you give me a help with this for a minute? And they say, hey bro, no worries. <laughs> they just come over and like, pick this thing up, you know. Oh, I said, no, I don't really, but I'd have a finger on it, you know, just to show the boss that I was participating, you know. I was in partnership with these guys and they just move it. And uh, it was 90% them and one of me, I might guide them out of the room, you know. And I came out looking pretty good. And the reason is that I was yoked with someone awesome that made it a massive difference. They carried the load. Well, guess what? If you're a Christian, you are yoked to a magnificent senior partner. His name's Jesus Christ, and he is the senior oxen who basically carries it. I can rest in the knowledge that he will get the job done. I'm completely confident in him. In fact, he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Forget even the 1%. Give it all to him. 
heavy laden or weary, just throw it on him. This year, 2022, if you come to him, you can not only know rivers, but I believe you can know rest. You can really know rest. And God wants to give us rest as we start another year. And I know some of you listening to this, you're, you, you're not at rest because you're weary. And also some of you are very heavy laden. And we're going to pray at the end of this for you that God will just come even today and just give you something of that rest. Lastly, very briefly, shortest point. I wonder, I'll start with this. I, so we talked about rivers, we talked about rest. I want to start by saying, so I, I wonder whether you ever feel that you're not on the same page as your partner or it can be a friend or whatever, but I know you know, in my relationship with Susan, I know there are times when she is thinking totally differently to me and I'm just not tuned in. I'm just not, I just, I think it's a man thing, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, don't quote that, you know, but I just not, you know. So sometimes she'll even ask me the question, you know, what are you thinking? You know, I get that question a lot, you know, what are you thinking? And she doesn't believe me when I say nothing. <laughs> like, I'm actually not thinking anything. I, don't, I, I want to come up with something, you know? But I can't, like, so I'm just thinking, there's nothing, there's a nothing box in my head. And I enjoy that sometimes, you know? <laughs> But I remember a number of years ago, we were sitting around the table with our four adult children and Susan said, this is a panic moment for me. She says, I think it's good to have a five-year plan. And I thought it'd be good for all of us tonight to share with each other what is our personal five-year plan. Well, at that point, I started to sweat. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> five-year plan? I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, I don't know where. I hardly know what job I'm supposed to be doing tomorrow. She goes, a five-year plan. So in a moment, I thought, you have to think quickly with, with Susan, she, you know, because she, she's a planner and she's brilliant at that. And I'm, you know, my excuse is I'm more spontaneous, you know. But I'm thinking, oh, well, so I quickly say, I want to say, you know, prompted by the Holy Spirit, but that would be a lie. I just say, Susan, you've obviously been thinking about this, so I think you should share yours first. And I'm thinking, make it long, so I have time to plan mine. So she mentioned a few things, and then she said the word grandchildren. She said, Susan said, I have a five-year plan for grandchildren. So obviously, that affects our four adult children who are sitting around the table. None of them are currently in relationships at that time. So basically, from the oldest to the youngest, that's a biblical principle, really, if you read the New Testament. From the oldest to the youngest, they respond. So the oldest boy said, not me, not me. Then my daughter says, don't look over here, mum. Don't, don't, don't look here, it's not gonna happen. You know, and then the second son, he says, no, that's not gonna happen here either, you know? So her five-year plan's going down the, the gurgle, you know? And then the youngest was 18 and I said, not you, son. No, 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 no. you're not in this, don't worry. Now here's the thing, and this is leading up to a point. Why does Susan want to have grandchildren? 
because babies are gorgeous. Babies are gorgeous. And she wants babies. She wants some more babies around, you know, because they're gorgeous. Do you know what's something really special about this church, Manly Life? There are loads of babies getting born all the time, and we all love it, don't we? And we absolutely love it. I don't know what all these young couples are doing, but there is a population explosion. Well, we do know what they're doing, and they're having fun. Great. And there's babies coming out everywhere. Do you know that Jesus loves children? He loves babies. He said, let the children come to me. Do you know what he also loves more than anything? Is spiritual babies. Jesus loves spiritual babies. People who get born again by the Spirit. People who discover the joy of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love that verse that says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? That was, it was the reward of you and I. That's what he had his eyes on, this reward. Children born again and placed in God's family. These represent Christ's reward. I believe with all my heart, God wants to reward us in a sense. It's his reward really, but he wants to get us in on it with that reward with spiritual babies in this house. Rivers, rest, and reward. Last promise, Jesus said, Matthew 4.13, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men and women. Come, and I will make you. Rivers, rest, reward. Women and men, don't try and be anything you're not. On the Zoom call, just be yourself. At the school pickup, just be naturally supernatural. In the team meeting, be full of God's grace and truth. With your neighbours, just be led by the Spirit. Be available to be kind, be friendly, to pray for people. Tell your story. God has raised you to be a witness. He's not calling you to be an evangelist, but to be a witness. You have a part to play. Just a quick story. A few weeks ago, I was in the barber's uh, joint business owned by husband and wife. I always get my, my hair cut by the, by the woman because I personally think she's the best. And obviously you can see that it's a good job. So it was a couple of weeks ago and she said, oh, Peter, I just want to talk to you. I just want to ask you something. And um, I said, sure, far away. She said, oh, I just want to say that, I won't use names, but you know, we've been married for 30 years and what we'd like to do is renew our vows and we're gonna have a big party at our house. And we were thinking who we'd really like to do the, the, the oversee it all and we said, we want you to. And I said, and I'm like thrilled. I'm thinking, what a great opportunity. And I said, why? Why me? She said, because every time you're here, you're just so kind and you just listen to us. And when we went through all those problems with the house, you were here for us. What did I do? Nothing. <laughs> just myself. Just yourself. Just, just showed a bit of an interest. What an opportunity. You know, that's what I'm talking about, folks. Being available to him. Come, I'll make you. Jesus will make us into that. Wouldn't it be wonderful, I've been thinking this, is every time we announce a new earthly baby, we were able to announce a new spiritual baby. You know, God wants to fill this house, not just with those who've come from other places, but who are born again by the Spirit. So, rivers, rest, reward.
That's what God's got for us in 22. It's not about what you can do. It's about all that he can do for you. Let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to believe right now that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you. Please don't turn off at this point. I know we, I often do too when I'm in, at home listening, but this is the moment that you can receive from the Holy Spirit right now. I believe in him. He is wonderful. So let's, if it helps you, open your arms. If it doesn't, that's fine. You know, however you feel comfortable. Anyone, this is for anyone. Anyone who's thirsty, rivers. Anyone who's weary or heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Anyone who's a follower of Christ, I'll involve you in this wonderful mission of seeing people come and know me.